This episode is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will take away the hassle of distributing your podcast. They do it themselves. You can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, whatever. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, your podcast will be there for you to hear. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have three listeners and still get paid to do your podcast. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Make your podcast today so the whole world can hear your weird voice. It almost always starts with a twinge in my brain, a little inkling that makes me think about something that's going to cause panic in myself. It never matters what it is. It could be anything as innocuous as I felt a pain in my leg. I read a news article that day. Anything that could possibly be construed as panic-inducing, my brain can take it and twist it and then use it against me. I am currently medicated medicated by a drug called sertraline, which is a generic form of Zoloft. And since I've been on this, it's been about four years now, I've managed to, I guess, get it under control is probably the most accurate thing, most accurate thing, most accurate statement I can make about it. Because I definitely, you know, can't beat it. There's no beating it. There's no getting rid of it. There's no growing past it. I'd be willing to try anything else if there was something that could beat it. But I just don't think that that's possible. When it's a actual chemical imbalance in your brain, 
the most you can hope for, at least in my experience and my experience with various therapists is containment and control, which I do a decent job with considering prior to medication, I averaged around three panic attacks now well, between three and five panic attacks a week, uh, varying in severity. Sometimes I would just have what I, what I would consider a mild panic attack, where it would just last for a couple minutes because something random happened and my brain, my brain pinged it, and ran with it. To the more severe panic attacks where. It kind of comes in like earthquake waves, you know, aftershocks, the initial panic attack, probably around 10 minutes, but then the aftermath, the aftershocks make it last anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. Those are the really rough ones. Those are the ones that would keep me out of commission for a day, would keep me home would keep me in my bed, would keep me from doing anything, doing anything social. And I don't love social obligations to begin with, but this would keep me from doing things as simple as going to the grocery store because you think about your triggers, you think about where I, where was I last time I had a panic attack? Oh, if I go to that place again... I will probably have a panic attack there, which is not rational, but nothing in the ecosystem of my brain unmedicated on panic disorder is rational. Everything is irrational. Every little twinge that I get in my head, every little inkling that shows up in my brain, it's not rational. It's highly irrational thoughts. It's intrusive thoughts. But it's thoughts nonetheless that only show up to debilitate me. I was 13 years old when I first started to realize that I had major, well not major, but issues nonetheless. Issues with anxiety panic my parents were going through a divorce I was in the middle of switching schools I had you know a core group of friends and familiarity I switched schools to a place where I have none of that due to my parents getting divorced which is you know it happens to a lot of people <clears throat> then things just inevitably become harder. I start to think about things more. And I don't mean just like, you know, in an intellectual way, like the type of thinking that is detrimental to people, the type of thinking that's overthinking, the type of thinking that's excessive rumination on one thing where you spend too much time 
on the one thing, you convince yourself that the one thing is the most important thing. Then when the panic sets in, you convince yourself that the one thing cannot be accomplished or that the one thing is going to defeat you that day. And I'm 13 when this starts. I tell my mom and to her credit, we go to a physician and then we go to therapy. The therapy was mostly to do with how I'm dealing with my parents' divorce rather than what's going on in my own brain. And yes, at 13, a lot of my anxiety was caused by divorcing parents, but beyond age 13, nothing ever really changed. Things continued to fester. The excessive rumination only grew. I was able to combat it with self-medication, which I have no qualms with admitting, was smoking a whole bunch of weed. And for a while, that did work. It was very calming. It helped me sleep. And this is around age 16, 17, that I started getting into heavy, heavy weed use. I don't really recommend it for everybody. You know, I have no problems with weed. I think as far as drugs go, it shouldn't even be called a drug. It's fine. It helped me for a little while, but then it got to the point where it didn't help me. So you look at fast forwarding through the trauma of parents getting divorced, the trauma of moving schools, going from a good amount of friends and comfort to zero friends and no comfort. And I'm still considering that I'm doing pretty well. But then you graduate high school and you get hit with the existential dread of what am I going to do now? And that only adds to what is already a festering puddle of anxiety. It just starts to make it worse. And beyond that, making it worse, weed is no longer working. So it's back to the fucking drawing board of going to see a physician, going to see a psychiatrist, trying to get myself medicated. So then I start on Prozac. Prozac is more of a antidepressant, which I will give it plenty of credit. It... I was not depressed, but that's mostly because I was too busy thinking about all of the various ways that I could die. You know how, like, you read something online, or in our current times, you know, you read about a pandemic, you start thinking about all the ways you could die from the pandemic. My large obsession, and still is, it's uh, still hard for me to talk about, 
is um, the size and sheer scope of the universe. It, for a long time, has been a huge trigger of mine because what the fuck is it? You, when you think about the goddamn fucking universe, what is it? How long does it go? How big is it? Is there an actual end? Is it infinite? What in these fucking terms does infinite even mean? This is the type of shit that would send me over an edge from the from age 20 till now. I'm 38 years old. Thinking about the universe sends me into a rabbit hole of panic. How is a kid at age 20 supposed to deal with fucking questions like that? How is an adult at age 38 supposed to deal with questions like that? When you get that ping, that twinge in your brain, and it hits you, and your brain decides for you that it's time to panic, what do you do? Do you fight it? Do you fight panic? Is that the answer? Do you just go with the panic and try to fucking ride it like a shitty wave? Do you do a medium in between fighting and riding? What would you even fucking call that? Panic disorder is not something that I would consider that has ruined my life. But it has fucked up a lot of things about my life. And it has made a lot of aspects of my life difficult, frustrating, upsetting. Would I be who I am without without this disease? No, I wouldn't. Would I be a better person without this disease? Maybe. It's entirely possible. You know, most people like to come at you with the platitudes of, well, you're a unique individual. This is, you are who you are and I wouldn't change you. And that's great. I'm glad people think things like that. But in my case, I wish.